Good morning, New Beginnings Christian Community Church family and friends. My name is Pastor Alfredo Peña, and we are excited that you are joining us for a time of worship this morning. Welcome to the Church of Reconciliation. We want to thank our praise and worship team for ushering us into God's presence. We just celebrated communion um, with God and, and with each other. And now we are ready to receive today's message, um, to hear today's word. Our scripture reading for today is in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And my sermon title is, Disciple, Be One, Make One. Let us pray. Most living and loving God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this beautiful morning. And we thank you, Father God, for the gift of our faith. And we thank you for um, the ability to come together this morning, God, and worship your holy name and be be ready, God, to receive your word and your message this morning. Prepare our hearts, prepare our spirit, prepare our minds, open our ears, God, so that we can not just hear, but that we can receive the message that you have for each one of us today. I ask that you make me small so that your message and that you may be magnified. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. The scripture reading for today, again, is in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And it says this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. Just a little bit of background this morning. Um, we're looking at Jesus's um, last words, um, last parting words, I should say. Um, his final commandment to his disciples. What we know as the Great Commission. For years, um, this commission has been marching orders for the church and, and, and still applies to us today. The disciples were in Galilee where they had been told to go um, by Jesus and wait there. And that if they went and they waited, then they would see him. And, and they uh, received their assignment, if you may, that day um, when Jesus tells them, go and make disciples. <clears throat> I'm going to start off with a question this morning. Does the church see that last commandment as our instructions, as our assignment still today? I'm going to give you an example um, of a story um, that I'm going to share with you. And I want you to remember that this happened 30 years ago. And you know, when I was thinking about that, I thought, oh my God, I can't believe that I'm old enough to say that this happened 30 years ago and I was already an adult at that time. 30 years ago, I was 21 years old. And, and, and I uh, was looking for a place um, to rent because I was moving out from uh, where I was living. And, and so I shared that with a friend of mine. And, and she said, you know, I have a friend who is looking for somebody to take care of her house. Uh, she's going to have to travel. And, and so she doesn't want the house to be by itself. And so she's willing to um, let somebody live there rent free. Um, you know, you can contribute if you'd like, but her priority is for somebody to take care of the house. Well, I thought, great, I, I'll do it. 
And so I met with her and then sure enough, she said, all I need is for you to watch my house, beautiful home, three bedroom house, two car garage in a nice part of town. So I was loving it, I'm 21 years old. And she says, I just want you to watch my house and I want you to please watch my garden. She had just planted a vegetable garden and, and now she was gonna to have to travel and she just wanted to make sure that the garden was taken care of. Sure, I said, I'll, I'll do whatever you need me to do. Thank you for the opportunity. And so she goes off, I move in <clears throat> and you know, time goes by and um, 21 years old, I'm, I'm working full time, um, going to school full time and I'm also partying full-time <clears throat> time goes by and she comes back unannounced now she doesn't have to tell me she's coming back this is her house right but here we are 31 years later 30 years later I should say and I still to this day remember the look in her face when she walked in and she saw me and her house was not in order actually a bit of a mess and her garden was dead. I had not taken care of the garden the way I had said I would. To this day, I still remember the look of disappointment in her face. Now, one could say, was I irresponsible? Well, I don't, I don't know because I, again, I was able to hold a full-time job and, and go to school and you know, my grades were good. Was I immature? No, I don't, I don't think so. You know, if you know my background, uh, we had to grow up pretty quickly, pretty fast and, and mature, you know, pretty, pretty fast. So I don't think it was that. Was it that I couldn't be trusted? No, I could. Uh, like I said, I, I held a responsible job and went to school and, and did everything that I was supposed to, to do as far as responsibility is concerned. So, so then what was it? What was it that, that made me... <clears throat> Or what's the reason on why I didn't do what I had said I was going to do? I had this amazing um, blessing, if you may. I had this amazing benefit of living in a nice home, um, having it all to myself. And, and all, all I had to do, I just had one job, and that was to take care of the house and take care of the garden. Why didn't I do it? It wasn't because I was irresponsible. I don't think it was because I was immature. I don't think it's because I couldn't be trusted. I think it's because I had a job, I had school, and I was partying. And those were my priorities. My priority was my work. My priority was my school. And my priority was my fun. And so the responsibility of taking care of the house and taking care of the garden was not on top of my priority list. So I go back to my first question is going out and making disciples our assignment. Perhaps the question should be not, is it our assignment, because we accept that as such, just as I accepted the responsibilities, but is it a priority for us as a church? I think that's the question that we need to be able to answer this morning. I really think we need to spend some time and, and process um, and assess our situation to see if that truly is a priority because I think every church out there gets it that that's our assignment that is a great commission but where is it in in our list of priorities is it on the top of the priority because it should be 
So today we're going to see, and we're going to study three life application points. It's going to be a one, two, three step to make sure that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. It's going to be a go, uh, step one, step two is going to be make, and step three is going to be share. One, two, three. You know, if you know me, you know, I love to do bullets and uh, one, two, three type of studies. So life application point number one. If we are called to go and make disciples, then the first question is, are you a disciple? Are we a disciple? You know, we're called to go make something that we should be so that we can know how to make it, so that we can know what that experience is like, so that we can know what it's supposed to look like. So my question to us this morning, my first question, my first life application question, my number one in the steps uh, that we need to do is, are you a disciple? Let me look at the definition of a disciple. A disciple of Christ is one who believes his doctrine, rests on his sacrifice, assimilates his spirit, and imitates his example. Those are as a powerful definition. Yeah, you can find some other ones, but I was looking at the biblical dictionary, the biblical definition when it comes to as it applies to disciples of Christ. Being a disciple, church, is the one thing we never stop being. Whether you have been a Christian for 50 years or in ministry for 30 years, we never stop being a disciple. A disciple makes it a priority to sit at the master's feet and, and to learn. And not as a responsibility, but as just a deep desire, a hunger. Being a disciple is wanting to, to learn about Jesus, and we just can never have enough. We make it a priority to grow in our understanding, in our wisdom, and in our relationship with Christ. How do we know that we make it a priority? We invest the time. Where are we investing our time when it comes to our own spiritual growth? Where are we investing our time? How much of our time, I should say, is being invested in, in and us growing in our relationship with Christ. And, and, and when we're able to answer those questions, then I promise you, you'll be able to see whether that is a priority for us. Are we willing to invest the time to do it? And are we willing, willing to leave everything behind to follow him? <laughs> oh, see, see, I think, I think we're good with the first few steps, but but leave everything behind to follow him. This is where we say, whoa, pastor, uh, slow down a little bit, uh, calm, calm down. What do you mean leave everything behind to follow him? Relax. Because the reality is that maybe some of the things that we need to leave behind are things that we should leave behind. Maybe we should leave behind our pride. Maybe we should leave behind the, the need for us to be comfortable, our own comfort. Maybe, maybe we should leave behind our consumer mentality. You know what I'm talking about. When, when our first thought is, what is in it for me? Yeah, do I go to this church and, and, and do I want to be part of this church? But my first question is, what's in it for me? What is this church going to do for me? Instead of, how can God use me in this church so that I can do, so that I can give? so that I can participate. And the reality is, in, in the Christian community, we do have a consumer mentality of what's in it for me, of me first, and, and before we think of others. What about 
leaving behind our desire to be right all the time. You know how much energy we spend on those insignificant discussions and conversations and even fights on, on, on our desire to be right instead of being in relationship. Sometimes that piece of information does not matter. But yet, sometimes we spend so much time on that. So, so maybe that's something that we need to leave behind. What about our desire to be first? To be the first one counted, to be the, the, the one that gets the best seats, to, to have the best parking, to, to be first in what we do, to be the first to be acknowledged. What about that desire? Maybe that's, that's something that's keeping us and it's something that we should leave behind. What about the desire to be the most important person in the room all the time? You know, we're starting to see that quite a bit. When, when we say, you know, black lives matter, we hear everybody saying, well, all lives matter, white lives matter, blue lives matter. And that is not the point. The point is not one matters over the other. Not always are we going to be the most important person in the room, but there are times in which we have to stand back and understand that other things require a priority. And, and are we willing to not be the most important person in the room? all the time. So scripture says that we should go. And so, so we leave those things behind and we go and we go and we worship. And, and worship means that we want to be in the presence of God, that we make the time, that we create the space, that we carve out the space so that we can be in his presence by worshiping him. Yes, sometimes it is coming to church, but when we can't come to church, we're still worshiping. We should be able to worship in our cars and in our houses and in our kitchens and in the gym, wherever it is that you are, you should be able to worship. And are you going to spend that time in worship? So we go to scripture so that we can find meaning in our lives, so that we can find some direction, so that we, we know which direction it is to go, so we're, where we know that what we're doing and what we're called to do is aligned, what our desire to do is aligned with the scriptures. Are we going to scripture? We're going to prayer so that, so that we can find strength and comfort and that we can go out and, and comfort those that need comforting. We go out, not just wait for them to come. In church, that is one of the biggest problems I think that we have as a church is that we are welcoming. And, and man, we, we're just ready for people to walk in and we just run and, and, we, and we hug them and, and welcome and we want to make them comfortable. And that is great. But we need to go, not just wait for them to come. Are we willing to go? So are you a disciple? Are all these things important to you? Or as, as I'm going down the list, are you saying, check, check? check? Or are you saying, whoa? And let me tell you something. This message is, is, is not about trying to convict anybody. It's not trying to shame anybody. In fact, I think it's an encouraging message to reveal to us because sometimes we are not even aware that we're not making certain things a priority. So that's why these assessments are very important. We have been given an assignment, church. And then we accept the assignment, but the question is, is making disciples a priority for us as a church? And it starts with us. Are you a disciple? It's a pretty powerful question. Here's life application point number two. 
prove it? I know, I, I love to ask that question. And, and you know, sometimes we take offense when we are asked to prove something. But if it is important, then we should be able to prove that it works. And how do we know if something works is by testing it. You know, I work in healthcare and, and a lot of our processes are very important because it impacts lives. And so, so one of the things that we do routinely at work is we test our processes to make sure that they are working because if something was to happen, we need to make sure that the processes we have in place work. And sometimes, I will be honest with you, sometimes we cringe and we just say, oh, I hope it works. But for the most part, we're pretty confident because we test and we test and we know that it works. <clears throat> you know, occasionally, the city of San Antonio will put together an exercise, a disaster drill is what they call it that involves all hospitals, all first responders, and other key departments within the city. The scenario is big enough that all hospitals will be impacted. You know, it could be a, a ma major accident, it could be a, a chemical spill, it could be something massive though that involves a lot of people, a lot of casualties, and, and all hospitals and all first responders are um, uh, impacted. It's a scenario that, that is big, um, but, but it's pretty well coordinated, and, and it is a huge undertaking. And so why do I mention all that? Is because after we do the drill, then we assess a couple of things. One is, did we pass or did we fail? The second question that we ask is, what did we do right? But the one question that we also focus a lot of our time is, where must we improve? And churches, the reason I mention this is because I believe that churches today are in the middle of a test, but it is not a drill. It is, it is a test that involves all churches around the world right now, in fact. So, so when I talk about the scenario that the city in San Antonio puts together where all um, hospitals are having to deal with the same thing, well, here is one that is being put together before us that we are right in the middle of the test and it is not a drill. And all churches are having to deal with the same thing. We have a pandemic, we have a critical racial crisis, and we have a hurting, rapidly declining economy. Oh my goodness, talk about a huge scenario that impacts everybody. And as disciples, how are we handling these situations? That's a legitimate question. Listen, the reason we do the assessments is because we want to know that in the event that something happens, we're able to handle it. And so here we are, church. The proof is in our results. How are we doing it? As disciples, are we handling the situations the way we should? Discipleship is not personal, private matter. In fact, we are called to go and make. It's a very public matter. How are we doing? And that's really important, church. And, and we need to be able to be honest about our assessment and our answers. Prove it. Don't be offended by it. Don't take offense by it. 
but in fact, instead be encouraged. And, and, and boards of, of directors out there, board of trustees, ministry leads, pastors all over the, the world need to be asking those questions. And we need to be able to be honest about our results. How are we passing? Are we failing? What are we doing right? And what do we need to improve on? How are we doing? Here's life application point number three. And it's one that I mentioned last Sunday. Is God's plan your plan? This is a share part of the assignment. The church is God's plan to reach the world. And he doesn't have a plan B because he doesn't need a plan B. Because we as a church already have everything that we need. But are we willing to go make and share? Go and make disciples, not just of people that look like us, that agree with us and worship like us. It's easy to do that. But that's not what the kingdom looks like. Are we willing to go out and make disciples of our neighbors across the street? of our coworkers that maybe um, we don't think very much alike, uh, of, of that person in that other pew that looks nothing like you, that doesn't even have the same background that you do, maybe even has a different value system. Are we willing to make disciples of people that are different than us? Are we willing to demonstrate that witness, that, that unity is our best witness? Are we willing to do a part um, in, in our city to comply with regulations, to protect people's health, to, to wear a mask, uh, even giving up the church and, 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 and worshiping in the church so for a little while so that we can, we can be able to get past this thing? Are we willing to think outside of just our own personal comfort and think bigger? And think about not just the people out there, but even our own congregations to make sure that we're safe. This is real. And it is scary to me that we're, again, as I mentioned, that we are protesting as churches um, about wearing masks and, and being careful in our places of sanctuary, in our sanctuaries. Are we willing to stop avoiding the difficult conversations regarding the current racial divide? Are we willing to acknowledge that we have a problem out there and that we cannot be silent? Are we willing to, as a church, say, stop saying this is not our fight? Our, our fight, our focus should be the gospel and, and that's it. And let other groups and other organizations take this one. And let me tell you something. We are in the people business. And this impacts lives. Are we ready to take that position? And it starts by having those difficult conversations. And it starts by putting our, our, our faith in action. By, by being able to be bold in our witnessing. By being able to stand up and say, this is no longer acceptable. And it doesn't have to apply to me directly. But I promise you, it applies to all of us. Oh, church, it's time that we do something about it, and it's going to have to start with us. We can no longer be indifferent. You know, stop saying, I don't see color, because that is the problem. The reality is we're all different colors, and with that comes different things. And instead of saying, we don't see color, we should be able to say, I see you, and I celebrate you. 
And I welcome the diversity and the way we all complement each other, the way the kingdom should look like. Are we willing to do our part and stop being silent? And I know this is making some people very uncomfortable because, you know, Pastor, don't, don't go and get political. This is not about being political. This is about being a Christian. This is about being a disciple and taking our place. How are we doing? Are we willing to put our money where our mouth is and help feed those that are hungry and just Feed them, not judge them, not lecture them, not, not tell them, you know, how lucky they are that I'm helping you. No, just feed them, just help them. And, and if we can't do that, then are we partnering up with other organizations that are doing it? Are we volunteering somewhere? Church, it is time that we put our faith in action and that we stop just sitting there. This personal growth and this relationship with Christ is not just so that we can be holy and look pretty on Sundays. No, it's so that we can go out. And yes, sometimes it's going to be hot and sometimes it's going to be messy and sometimes we're going to get dirty. But we're called to go and make disciples and that involves work. Are we willing to take our part? How are we doing when it comes to those things? I know it's a lot of information and the only way I am telling you, I know it can feel overwhelming. I know it can feel a little scary. I know it can feel a little uneasy. And I, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad that we're feeling all those things. But we cannot let those things stop us. What we should do what we have to do as a church is we need to remember the forgotten God. We need to, to remember that, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We just celebrated Pentecost. We have to remember that we have been breathed the power of the Holy Spirit, that we have been as a church breathed life so that we can go out and we can make an amazing impact so that the world can be utterly amazed. Are we ready to do this? Are we excited to do this? And it starts off by understanding that we have an assignment and understanding that it needs to be bumped up to the top of a priority list. So here we go. We know where we are. And we need to know. And we know where we need to go. So I'm going to give you some advice right now. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're listening right now. I want you to put your put your pens down and then get a little closer. Just you know, put the cu cup of coffee down. Um, listen, you don't you don't want to miss this. And I'm going to repeat it so you won't, so you won't miss it. But if, if we know that we need to go, for example, from San Antonio to Dallas, you ready? Then do not follow a parked car because you're not gonna go anywhere. Do not follow a parked church that is unwilling to move and go. And, and please definitely do not follow a parked pastor who thinks this is not our fight. We have work to do and it's time to go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Oh, most living and loving God, we thank you for this amazing, encouraging message, God. We thank you for reminding us, God, of, of what our commission is, God, of what it is that we're supposed to do, of what your parting words were, God, and that is for us to go and make disciples. And we thank you, first of all, because you've given us everything that we need to be able to do that. We understand today, God, and we hear you loud and clear that it starts with us. And so, Holy Spirit, help reveal in us, God, where we are in this assessment. How are we doing? Are we investing our time in, in, in growing and learning and serving? Are we willing, God, to let go of things that we need to let go and go and do the things that we need to do? And it starts by, by going to worship. It starts by going to the scriptures. It starts by going to prayer. And, and it starts by, by being able to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. But it also means that we go and we touch lives and we share the good news. We thank you, Father God, that you've given us everything that we need. And we welcome you to help test us so that you can reveal to us what it is that we need to do better. What it is that we need to change in the reality, God, is we don't have to create an environment that, that they allow to be able to hear you. We know what it is. We know what our assignment is. We don't need to have it explained to us again. We know that our assignment is to go and make disciples, God. So today, instead of, of asking for a sign, God, we ask that you just give us the strength, God, to be able to go and the courage to be able to do it. And we thank you, Father God, because what a privilege it is to be the vessels, to be your plan to reach the world. We thank you for thinking of, of, of using us in a way, God, that is an answer to your prayer and to other people's prayers. God, we ask for courage. We ask for strength. We ask for healing, God. We ask, Holy God, that you move us out of our comfort zone so that we can be those vessels, God, of healing, those vessels of reconciliation, those vessels of strength, and those vessels of comfort. That we may comfort others the way you have comforted us. And we thank you for that amazing privilege. And we declare it as done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We want to thank you for joining us today. We pray that today's service was an amazing blessing to you and your family. Please come and check out our website, nb-ccc.org, and let us know how you are doing. Let us know if, if this um, these services are being a blessing to you. Get familiar with our church. We have some uh, great church information on our website. Submit your prayer requests. We want to keep you in prayer and, and your needs. And this is also an opportunity for you to go and give your, your love offering and tithes. And this is also an invitation for you. We just started our, our study series called The Forgotten God and the Study of the Holy Spirit. We just begun that study on, on Wednesday, so you still have time to, to join us and catch up. So I invite you to go to our website and get additional information about that. We're excited about what the Holy Spirit is going to do in us and through us. Are you ready to go? God bless you, and we will see you next week. Now go and bless others, you powerful disciple. Thank you.